Welcome to another stellar edition of The Drive right here on Fan Run Radio. Russell Smith punching the time clock on this early signing day edition of the show. Very exciting. Oh, my goodness. Early signing. I mean, it's really the only signing day, really. The only one that that counts. Nobody cares about late signing day anymore. How many spots do we have left? uh, There could be. I mean, who knows? <laughs> I don't know. The number's kind of fluid now. I kind of missed the 25 number when you, you kind of had a hard cat there. I guess we don't anymore, do we? No. Huh. It's just you got to be under 85, but for us, it's a, it's a little bit different. You got to be under. If only we had someone on the show yeah. who could find out stuff like that for us. That would be good. Maybe one day, guy. Russ. Maybe one day. Need that guy. Well, I mean, we don't know how many numbers we have because of the sanctions. I think they, it's like 82 or 83 that we got to be at next year. Oh, that's right. What, what's the overall? What's everybody else got? 85? Yeah. Damn you, Jeremy Pruitt. The gift that keeps on giving. Cornbread. 865-546-8200. We welcome you this afternoon. All right, let's get to it. No big surprises for Tennessee. There's a little bit of movement yeah. when we, we got off the air. Cole Harrison commits the tight end front. Did that happen? Did yeah. we talk about that yesterday? It was, it was off air. Uh, it happened after. Yeah, it show. was after okay. we were yeah. done. Cole Harrison commits. Yeah. Um, so they're not going to take Willie, Willie Rodriguez. Rodriguez. I love the Kentucky people who still tried to spin this as if they beat us for it. It's like, no, we got the guys we wanted. You, We let you keep. Your tight ends. If we want to take your tight ends, Kentucky, we will take your tight ends. We don't want your slaw tight ends. We got Holden Stays and Cole Harrison. We got the guys we want. We we would love to take all your good players just to mess with you guys, but thanks to Jeremy Pruitt, we cannot do that. We, we cannot waste scholarships just to troll you guys, so we're going to get the best players we possibly can. We did that. We got Holden Stays and Cole Harrison to go with Ethan Davis uh, Jermon McCoy announces this morning he's committed to Tennessee. Apparently, he's been committed for several days. He was just uh, – this is recruiting in 2023, not making this up. He was waiting on the graphic, the social media graphic. I heard that as well. Showing that he's committed to Tennessee. The guy, the kid that he was getting to make the graphic for him – apparently does the graphics for like literally every recruit that's out there and so he was so backlogged he couldn't get to it i wonder how much that kid makes probably a decent chunk it's a good looking graphic so well the one that he posted was finally like he he had to make his announcement so somebody at tennessee made one for him oh okay and and he did that this morning but he's a good looking kid at at the end of the day you get the player and who cares about when he announced and, and everything. He's a guy that was 
third team all Pac-12, I think, is a true freshman this past season. Had a couple of picks, played a lot for them. And Was he on the freshman All-American team? I don't know about that, but he played extensively as at Oregon State and had some success as a freshman. Texas A&M wanted him. We got him. And I, I'm kind of penciling him in as a starting corner next year. Taking a look to see if I can find if he's in there. He's got he's got three all Americans, but yeah, he's he's got three years to play, and I, I think that's a big pickup for Tennessee. Still waiting on Brazil. He's supposed to announce Friday, maybe, but we not don't know for sure yet. So Chris Brazil, the wide receiver transfer from Tulane, like no, I, uh, I would be fine with that. You know, there's four transfers. You got a wide receiver, a safety, a corner, a tight end. Like those are your positions of need. Now, who was the kid? Because it happened, the kid that you guys were talking about, Tennessee wanted him just to hold off on committing. Dominic McKinley, the five-star defensive lineman from Louisiana, longtime A&M commitment, says today he's not going to sign in the early signing period and he's going to visit Tennessee, I believe, January 20th. That's correct. During the Alabama basketball game. Yes. Which should be a, a fun a one. scene. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that should be good. So that that would be huge because I I do think like if you're looking at the commitment list, the one glaring absence is defensive lineman. Like they've got the great edge rusher Jordan Ross, fantastic pro. But I'm talking about like the 300 pounders, the, yeah, the dudes like the in the interior middle. guys. Yeah, the defensive tackles. They don't have any of those. Maybe Jer- Jeremiah's heard and he's an interesting yeah, prospect. But, he, but I mean, he's like so lengthy and rangy that i don't feel like they would throw him down there he could be o-line he could like who knows but you know those classic six foot three 300 pound dogs we don't have any of those and that what that's what mckinley is so i mean uh, like take the bag that you were going to give jordan seaton who hasn't signed yet today by the way take take that bag and give it to mckinley i'd rather have a five-star defensive lineman than a five-star offensive lineman anyway it's just me yeah, I mean, it. I don't know what Seton's going to do now. He's toying around with Maryland from what we've seen today. Yeah, that's bizarre. That I'm is... almost glad that we got off that train before today. What if here in 10 minutes you heard that Tennessee was back in the mix for him? Oh, we'd be dancing. <laughs> Did one of your guys, son, with become a Vandy boy from over there at 3,300? I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. We send prospects to colleges all over mm-hmm. the United States of America. I don't know. Is that supposed to be a rip on me and my two-time defending state champion alma mater? Did you guys send a player to Vandy? Probably. No Catholic players ever gone to Vandy. Too too good for for Vanderbilt. I I don't think so in football. I'm not sure in baseball because Vandy never produces any good football. We players. did in basketball. Akeem Arasupe. Where's he at now? Last I heard, Kent State. Now Tomba's still uh, doing well out at apparently Weber. He, I was talking with. Uh, his his coach Mike Hutchins. I was talking with him. Was just checking up on Tomba, 
And Coach Hutchins said that he is loving living in where is it Salt Lake City? Tomba. Yeah, we still around. So where where is Adesupi? He's at Kent State. Yeah. Is he playing for them? Uh, I, I didn't. I didn't follow him. And that Tomba. Tomba says that Weber State out in Salt Lake. Can you imagine Tomba. All seven foot one of him. Out is he there playing out there? City? Yeah. Well, good for him. Tennessee's recruiting class in Bear for folks who might be new to the show, and I don't know if we've ever discussed the Drive's official recruiting website policy with young Tucker Harlan. No, I think you have. Okay, well, well, please, please don't interrupt him. Please explain because I'm about to give you the recruiting class rankings. Please explain how we manage that here on the show and which which recruiting service we are a fan of. The one that ranks the Tennessee commit the highest. Okay. Okay. Tucker's been paying attention. Don't be snarky. According to the fine folks over at on uh, 247, we'll start there, 247sports.com, uh, Tennessee currently 21 commitments, 13th class, number 13 class in these United States of America. Meanwhile, over on On3, the new kid on the block, On3 Sports has Tennessee the number 12 class in America. So for those keeping score at home, Bear, which which re- recruiting service are we giving credence to this afternoon? The one who ranks Tennessee players the highest. You Sorry, I, I glanced down and saw right. No, I wasn't because I just glanced down. I've got something funny to tell you guys. On three, sorry, Ryan Callahan, we're going with on three today. Maybe you guys can bump Tennessee up a little bit, but uh, we're number 12. It's okay. It's all right. Y'all ready for the funny? Sure. Well, one thing I have noticed today, you don't want to see your university that you support, love, and root for have anything to do with message board geniuses on a day like today. Mm. Is that on a roll? <clears throat> Currently, uh, on the Florida message boards, uh, fans have started a petition to fire Scott Strickland, their athletic director. Go Gator. They want to fire everyone. Go Gator. And they're calling it the Gainesville bloodbath. Go Gator. Florida has taken it on the chin today in recruiting. They were up at one point in the top five. I would say three, Three, if I'm uh, not mistaken. Third class in, in America behind Georgia and Ohio State. Not anymore. And they have plummeted now to 14th in on three and then 15th on 247. And by the way, not only will we lean our rankings towards the recruiting website that ranks our class higher, we'll also lean those rankings to the recruiting website that ranks our rivals' classes lower. So that is 247. So I guess they're they're a tie today. On three is ranking us higher and Florida lower. So uh, they're both covering themselves in glory as far as I'm concerned. Sounds like it. I know Florida lost, I believe, two commits in the span of about five minutes earlier this afternoon. One kid to Miami, the other one to Auburn. Well, I do think that there's something to be said for slow and steady wins the race. And I think that Heupel – it disappointing is a strong word i expected to have a top 10 signing class this year in recruiting doesn't look like that's going to happen so i i think it it's fair to be disappointed by that 
Tennessee has gotten past the, you know, you got to be able to crawl before you can walk, walk before you can jog, jog before you can run stage. Like we're back up on our feet and in the thick of it again. You got to set your goals high. And for this program to get where we all want to see it get and where we all want to see it go, then they've got to you, – you've got to perform a little bit, bit better on the recruiting trail. And you've got to have days like, well, quite frankly, Auburn is having today. I mean, Hugh, Hugh Freeze is, is – he, he's closing strong right now. They've got um, two five-stars in their class, ah, 20 commitments. 13 four stars hit the damn jimpy drums hugh freeze having a day the right reverend down on the plains absolutely getting it done right now wow and they stole one of those guys from florida yes i believe it was the amaris williams guy we were recruiting him i just kind of let that go i don't know okay well some things never change. Auburn has always been a strong closer in the recruiting game. No matter who is down there, they – No, they've screwed us over the years. What was the biggest one? Yeah. Oh. Pfft. What was the kid's I mean, name? Take Jay Hardy, Michael Goggins. Um, Ronnie Brown and Cadillac Williams were at one time yeah. both committed here, weren't they? Um, yeah, there there have been quite a few. Tucker, do you know who our chief tormentor was at Auburn during chief that time? Chief tormentor – uh, would that be Tommy Tuberville? Nope. Would be one Rodney Garner. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. He, he would snake him from us on the reg. So, glad those days are over. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Tennessee has taken the slow and steady approach here. They didn't get too high. They didn't get too low, man. It's not like we're finishing with a Dooley class or, a pro, you know, like rank 20th or something. I mean, you're solidly in the top 15. But I also think that it's got to get a little better. Uh, if you're going to challenge Alabama and Georgia, Georgia, by the way, is running away, I, I think, with the uh, Georgia and Alabama are 1-2 on 247 and 1-2 on on 3. So, <laughs> I mean, they, they're killing it in recruiting. And I don't know that Tennessee – realistically can ever get into that conversation but you better get into the top 10 conversation and then you can ex- expect to or, or, or a better expectation of beating those programs I would say I don't know that you can do it finishing where they are in recruiting right now so we'll talk stay about near that, that top 10 and then uh and then hopefully have a year like we had last year well, Nothing we did have a year like we had last year, and we were told that that was going to pay dividends this year, and it really hasn't. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I mean, they, they've done okay, but I thought they would do better, and I think we all expected them to do better, and I think Heupel and those guys expected them to do better. Yeah, and 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 it didn't. So uh, we can have those conversations without firing everybody, and the sky's falling, and oh my God, we got to do this, that, and the other. Uh, it's it's. We, we can have those adult conversations, I think. We will attempt to, anyway, here on the show. Rick Butler from Rocky Top Insider is going to join us when we continue, and uh, we'll take your phone calls. What do you think about it? How satisfied are you with Josh Heupel's recruiting on this early signing day edition of The Drive? Stay with us. It's Fan Run Radio. We're back with more right after this. 
The Drive. <laughs> Fan Run Radio, the drive continues. There's a big, big goings on here at Fan Run Radio. Did you have you heard the announcement I heard about the that, Vol uh, Rumor Mill? I heard he hit a he hit the transfer portal. The Vol Rumor Mill is in the portal. I mean, where do you think he's headed? No clue. We don't talk a whole lot. Sports animal. Going 99 on us. Nah. ESPN. I'd, I'd watch out for uh, ESPN Outkick reunite with Davey. Well, yeah. Congratulations to Houston Crest, though, finally getting out of morning radio. <laughs> like, morning radio hell. Yeah, they'll be able to sleep like a normal yeah. person. It'd be a little bit nicer to everyone for a change. Oh. Oh. Did I say that? Are we on here? Uh, we, I can't tell you. In related news, we do have uh, – obviously, there's going to be a new morning show. Yeah. With Nate leaving and, and Houston in the portal. And um, I can tell you there will be clarity on that in the very near future. So, stay tuned for Fan Run Radio for major programming announcements, announcements, announcements. Let's go to the phones. And Rick Butler of Rocky Top Insider is standing by. Rick, good afternoon. How are you, sir? Hello, everybody. I'm doing pretty good. Thank you very much for asking. You know, I found that last conversation pretty interesting. I, I Certainly news to me. I didn't know he was hitting the portal, but one of the things you didn't discuss, what if he just goes out and starts a competitor to you guys? He just builds something from the ground up. I mean, a little small business action. What would you think about that? He would never. We would crush don't think him. So. If he dies, he dies. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, it's, he's, it's free country. He can do whatever he wants, I suppose. Wow, a lot of portal movement going on right now, even right here in our own backyard. Apparently, I'm going to go gonna out throw a bag at him. Yeah. <laughs> what <laughs> What is the RTI NIL situation? <laughs> we have a uh, we've got a private jet that's just kind of tracking people down around the country right now. There was a lot of scuttlebutt in the football world this uh, really this week and today about how some of these schools are just making these last minute pitches that are basically, to me, it sounds like hey, here's a bag full of money. Why don't you come and flip over and come towards our program instead? So we're going around. We're dropping a couple bags off on people's doorsteps. We're kind of the Santa Claus of the uh, of the sports media world here in Knoxville when it comes to NIL. So the Jets in the air right now. Things are good. You know who, uh, <clears throat> who ought to throw a bag at somebody, Rick? Who? The, the Dallas Cowboys. All right. On a better quarterback, a better head right. coach. And maybe figure out how come you guys can't win on the road. Um, my one condition to doing this show today was that I said absolutely no Dallas Cowboys talk. I'm still kind of in trauma from the last game. Uh, but if we can just pay the, the NFL to let us play all home games, uh, I think we're going to be in pretty good shape. So fingers crossed we're going to be able to do that here soon. Rick Butler not handling the inevitable Dallas Cowboys collapse well. Doesn't no, I, sound like it. You know, it's, and everybody's got this feeling. You know, your professional teams, it's not just Tennessee, but there are certain teams out there you got to keep your cup on. And, you know, I think Tennessee fans know that know that phrase very well. And I'm going to be honest, I took my cup off for this for this Cowboys football season. I was feeling pretty good about it, and uh, now I've got some stomach pain to go along with, uh, with, the, with the kick from last Sunday. 
Rick Butler, RockyTopInsider.com with us this afternoon on the program. Rick, it's early signing day. Uh, Tennessee looks like they're they're pretty much done as far as high school prospects are going. Uh, the McKinley kid is an intriguing prospect. We'll see what happens with him early next year. Of course, you've got Brazil in the portal still. And um, I'm, I'm sure another name or two will, will pop up here over the next couple of weeks or so. But big picture here. Is Josh Heupel recruiting well enough? And and you can take that any direction you want. Well enough to do what? I don't know. You tell me, is it good enough right now on the recruiting player uh, recruitment process for Josh Heupel? Yeah, you know, I, I think that's a really interesting question, right? And that's the one that's on everyone's mind. I, I think one of the things that I was looking at today was fascinating. I'm looking right here just at 247's team rankings and Tennessee is planted right here at number 11 in the rankings for the 2024 commits. And I think on the surface level, you would look at that and say, hey, that's a pretty good spot to be, right? You're right outside the top 10. Maybe you can move up a little bit if some other teams fall out. But then the other crazy thing about that is even number 11 in the national rankings is still, what, number 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7th in the SEC, right there in kind of the middle of the pack when you add in Texas and Oklahoma. So I think that's kind of the strange juxtaposition there is, you can have uh, just uh, around a top 10 class nationally, but that could still kind of equivalent to a you know, mid-tier SEC class. So I think the, the answer to your question is yes, and, and maybe there's a little bit more left to be desired. I think on one hand, the guys that they're getting are guys that are going to work with this program. I think that a guy like I think a guy like Boo Carter, right, who ended up Mr. Tennessee in the state of or Mr. Football in the state of Tennessee, he's going to be a dynamic athlete wherever they put him on the field. He's going to be a playmaker that uses that speed to his advantage and can make plays in the football field. So I think the guys that they got are are, are very well crafted towards what they want to do. But then again, I think there's a little bit left to be desired in some other spots that they've sort of gone into attack through the transfer portal. So we know that Josh Heupel's M.O. is not going to be a, a transfer portal hound, sort of like you've seen with Lane Kiffin, maybe some of these other schools right now. We know that Josh Heupel loves to develop from the uh, from the high school recruiting scene because that's where he feels that development is coming from. Now, what he did say in that press conference just about an hour or two ago, though, was saying that, hey, we understand that things have changed a little bit, right? When you're recruiting these high school kids, you're also kind of recruiting in the mind that they do have the ability to leave your program after one year, after two years, really whenever they would like to. So there's kind of this juxtaposition of both long-term and short-term recruiting. But we know that Josh Heupel wants to continue to recruit from the, from the high school recruiting scene. But I think there's a little bit still left to be desired from this class. Again, I go back to the beginning point. Tennessee's number 11 nationally right now, but they're around kind of 6, 7, 8 range in the SEC, and that could even kind of fall back a little bit depending on what some of these other schools, like maybe an LSU or a Florida, kind of end up doing here in the next couple hours. So I, 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 it's hard to say. I think I give a little bit of yes and no to your question, um, but it, it, it's just a strange world that I think everybody's still trying to figure out with all of this transfer portal and the early signing class going on all right here at the same time in a two- to three-week stretch. Well, the other thing that's interesting, Rick, is I don't think they like to do the rent-a-player for a year yeah. thing. And, you know, if they could find an, an excellent plug-and-play guy at a position of need, I'm, I'm sure they would do it. I guess that's kind of what they did with Judy Lolly this year. Um, but it seems like they really prefer to get guys out of the portal who have two or three years, and that is the situation with Jacoby Thomas – 
with Jermod McCoy, with Holden Stays, where they've got multiple years. And so they've already transferred once. You've pretty much got them locked in. You don't have to worry about these guys threatening to go to the portal after one year because they've already done their transfer. And um, I guess the crazy NCAA Supreme Court thing could could say like they transfer every year. But then that's a problem for everybody. But I, I don't think that's going to happen. I, I think that they've got these guys locked down. And I feel like that is probably going to lead to more stability than you're seeing in these other programs that are going heavy in the portal, the Ole Misses, Colorados, um, teams like that of the world. Yeah, I think you're right. I think the guys who are building for one year, and yes, you're going to see Ole Miss have success next year. I think you're going to obviously see Colorado have a little bit more success. But you're right, that's very much the rent-a-player format. And one of the other things that Josh Heupel talked about today was kind of understanding that idea, and you know, he spoke through it a little bit, but that idea of, when you bring in a player from the transfer portal for that one year, what is the message that you're sending to players that you're trying to recruit in the system, right? The guys who, who have been developing, the guys who have been there for maybe a year or two, and they're waiting for their spot, and then all of a sudden you have six to seven new starters across your starting 22, they come in and just kind of immediately grab that spot. Now, obviously there's competition involved in that, but these teams are bringing those players in for a reason. So I don't want to you know, just kind of throw the negatives to the wayside. I don't know how this is going to turn out, but I wonder, right, in about four, five, six years from now, I wonder what the long-term effect of some of these moves are going to be. I wonder if some of these schools or coaches are going to get the reputation of, hey, I don't really know if I can go to that place right out of high school because the second that they find a better player in the transfer portal, they're going to bring them in and, and they're going to have a really good chance at having that spot. I think what Tennessee is doing, and again, we'll see how all these things work out long-term, is saying, like what you were alluding to, hey, we want to bring in kids from the high school scene. We want to bring in transfers who do have a couple of years to work with because for us, for, you know, Tennessee saying this, for us, it's about developing these players. It's about getting them to understand the system. I think development is one of the key kind of fundamental thought processes in, in Josh Heupel's mind when it comes to both his players and his staff. Again, we talked about this a couple weeks ago with kind of what are the options that Tennessee might have with the assistants. But just going back to his past, Josh Heupel is a guy who is promoting from within, right, because he's able to see these coaches develop over time, understand the system, understand what he wants to do, and I think that's true for the players as well. Now, again, I don't know how all these things are going to work out. Maybe in you know three, four, five years, teams like Ole Miss are still going to be doing kind of this rent-a-player model, and maybe it works out really well for them. But I do kind of think that Josh Heupel's message to players is saying, hey, we understand that you know we want to bring you in, we want to get you developed, you might not play right away, but there is going to be a path to playing time, and there's not going to be a ton of leapfrogging from the portal or things like that. So, again, that's all just kind of observations from afar, uh, but I do feel like that's what Tennessee is doing, and I'm interested to see how this all works out. From observations to speculation, I almost wonder, Rick, if they look at some of these, the Seton kid, for instance. You know, they miss out on the bidding war to him. He chooses Colorado. He hasn't signed. There's rumors out there today that he's looking at Maryland. Michael Lock Of all places. I yeah. wonder if, if you want to play a little 3D underwater chess. If, if I'm Tennessee, I might be thinking, because it's tempting, right, to get back. Oh, he's, he's waffling. He's not solid to Colorado. Let's see if we can steal him at the last minute. And I almost wonder if they look at that situation and be like, you know what? This kid has some obvious maturity issues. Uh, we don't need him for next year because, you know, we've already got Campbell and, and Mincy. Let him go to Maryland. Let him go to Colorado. Let him go there and, 
and see what it's like to actually have to work hard and be a part of a D1 program. And then when he gets serious about it next year, we'll go get him out of the portal. And and again, he'll he'll have two more years left that he has to stay there. It's not like you're going to have to be holding on to him the entire time. Go re-recruit him a year from now. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 the interesting thing going on in college football right now. And you look over at the West Coast with USC, right? A guy like Malachi Nelson, he was in that top sort of trio of quarterbacks with Nico Iamaliava, Arch Manning, and then him, Malachi Nelson. He's already in the portal right now. USC also just lost the, the number one overall recruit from the 2021 cycle. I think we're in this day and age where, you know, yes, you may lose out on a player on the recruiting trail in his initial high school, you know, kind of commitment scene, but you might be able to have another crack at him just 365 days later, if not less, right? And I think that's where you get to that situation that you're talking about. And, again, we're speculating here, but maybe that is the case. Maybe that is the case where you say, hey, look, we understand that there's a lot of lights going on this guy right now, and there's a lot of spotlight, and we're kind of seeing what they're doing. And maybe we would rather acquire a player like that once they've had a little bit more time to mature just at the college football level instead of being the absolute superstar and almost godlike figure that they're portrayed to be in just high school when they're so young. So I think from a speculative basis, that's that's not a bad idea, but it is just crazy that you may lose out on a kid that you can recruit just one year later because they're right back in the transfer portal, and that's just the day and age we're living in right now. Rick Butler, the Nature Boy, Rocky Top Insider, with us this afternoon here on the drive rick we're having some basketball talk uh yesterday on the show get be interested in we we posed this to your rti comrade ryan Schumpert yesterday fill in the blank basketball season for the vols is a failure if they don't at least make it to blank oh wow that's a great question um oof i would say I'd want to say you, 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 you've got to make it to your second location in the March Madness tournament. You've got to make it to the Sweet 16 through the round of 32. I think that, a, 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 I think that a, a, an exit in the first location, right, so either a first or a second round exit, I think that would be really disappointing. And, of course, we're saying all this with a grain of salt, right? We saw that Zakai Ziegler went down in what the regular season finale last year against Arkansas uh, in late February. So there's a plethora of things that could happen between now and then that changes that. Maybe something happens to a Josiah Jordan-James or a Dalton Connect, the guys that Tennessee are really relying on right now. But I really like the pieces that Tennessee has, even if, you know, there's been, there's been spurts throughout the season where, you know, they're, they're still trying to get their feet under them or figure out what their rotations are going to look like. I think that Tennessee is a team right now that's poised to make a run. So, to me, if you're asking kind of, you know, what's the, what's the ceiling, or excuse me, what's the floor for the ceiling, or at least what is the minimum that needs to happen, I think that Tennessee needs to continue to build on last year's showing and get to that second location, get to that Sweet 16, and put yourself in an opportunity to play even more. I think once you get to that Sweet 16, I know fans really want to see an Elite Eight appearance, really want to see a Final Four appearance, but just getting to that Sweet 16, getting to that final mark, it gives you a chance to make it to the rest, but you're also going up against good teams right there. So I, I, to me, just kind of with, with the question being posed right off the top of my head, that's the first thing that I come to. Uh, I, I think that, again, you need to continue to build on last year's success, and anything less than the Sweet 16 appearance w- would be 
I think really challenging and a, and a disappointment just considering there's more ta- there's more talent on this team, there's more shooting on this team, and you've got a guy in Dalton Connect and really kind of Josiah Jordan James at least in the last few games especially who can say, hey, I can take over a game, I can take a game over, put it on my back, and I'm going to put the ball in the bu- uh, in the bucket. So that's at least where I stand. I'd be interested to think what were you guys saying and what did Ryan say? Yeah, I think that's pretty much everybody we've asked. Um, we asked. You, Ryan, Joe Rex rode yesterday, and everybody said Sweet 16. I feel like people are afraid to put the – they really need to go one more step further on them. And I'm, I'm kind of like – hey, listen, a lot of it depends on matchups. I get it. There could be injuries. There's a lot we don't know. But, I mean, this is a Rick Barnes' deepest team, they're telling us. You're in the top ten. Uh, you've got a great strength of schedule. Offense is improved. Defense is still elite. I guess my question, Rick, is if not now, when? If if you're yeah. not going to take another step here, when are you going to do it? And like th- this year has to be, uh, I I think it's fair to put those expectations on them. Yeah, no, uh, well, I I do think you're right, and you said something really interesting right there. You said that you thought they needed to get to the elite eight, and I do agree with that. I, I think that's a fact, right? You need to get there to to be able to show, tangibly show that you are making strides, that you can take a more talented team and get them further in the tournament. But I think when you talk about sort of what is the absolute minimum it can be without sort of being a failure, to me a failure is when you take a significant step backwards. Now, uh, some people can absolutely argue that being, you know, kind of being stagnant and making it to the same position, maybe that might be a failure. And I think you can hear those arguments out and don't dismiss it right away. But to me, it's a little bit differently. So, I actually agree with you. I think they need to get to the Elite Eight to continue to show progress, but it's that Sweet 16 mark that I feel is the kind of that separation point of very disappointing versus, hey, we made it back to the same place, and we'll see where we can go from here. So I I agree with you completely on the need, but I'm still sort of sticking with the Sweet 16 mark as the failure versus success, if you want to put it in that sort of broad range. Yeah, yeah, I I think uh, one other just – thing and I, I agree with you I'm not going to say it's a failure if they we'll, we'll just have to see what what the circumstances yeah. are but I will say this the the big boys the quote-unquote blue bloods they measure we're, we're talking about oh we got to get to the elite eight like that's not how they talk about this at Kentucky right that's not the conversation they have at Duke at Michigan State at Kansas they measure success in final fours and I think for us as a program like you just look at it and we've never been there and it's this promised land and all that stuff and hey man you got to set your expectations high I I think you can make the debate uh you can make the case that that should be the expectation that they go to a final four but um it is an interesting conversation Rick last thing we'll let you go we got a game to play with you oh yes okay I'm always up for a game it's one of your favorites are you ready? Are you going to suck? Will it suck? suck? Oh, we're back. It's time for Will It Suck? It's time for Will It Suck? It's time for Will It Suck? suck. 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 All right. it's We're a little late to the party on this one, but it, it came out last weekend. I don't think you've seen it. I know I haven't seen it. I'm sure Bear and Tucker haven't either, but there is a Willy Wonka prequel out. Uh-huh. 
Wonka, based on the extraordinary character of the center of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, tells the wondrous story of how the world's greatest inventor, magician, and chocolate maker became the beloved Willy Wonka as we know him today. Starring Timothy Chalamet, Hugh Grant, Olivia Coleman, star-studded cast here. Uh, Keegan Michael Keegan Michael Key is in it. Rowan Atkinson, Mr. Bean, Sally Hawkins. The Willy Wonka prequel. Will it suck? I'm gonna say no. I, I, I've I've heard good things. I've heard that it's a fine, fun kind of Christmas time movie. I think you've got a good cast, like you alluded to, and I really like. You know, the the girls love him. You know, heartthrob uh, Timothy Chalamet. People love him, and I think he's really good in stuff. We can uh, we can point to Dune as a as a pretty recent example of that. So I'm going to say no. I think it's no. I don't know if it's going to be great, but no, not going to suck. Wow, there you have it. Not going to suck, Bear. Oh, it's going to suck. Really? Yeah. Why? The other one did. There's only whoa, one. Whoa, 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 whoa. The Johnny Depp one? The Johnny Depp one sucked. No, no this is a not. prequel. No, it did not. Yeah, it, it, no. it sucked. When you compare it to the to the masterpiece that was the original with Gene Wilder. Johnny Depp one was very good. Charlie Bucket and all the rest of them. That was, I mean, it's a gold standard, a platinum standard from my childhood. Uh, not surprising that, that Rick likes uh, Timothy Chalamet. And I just What's think it's going to suck. Timothy Chalamet's a great young actor. Have you guys seen The King on Netflix? No, but he was great. good in Dune. Very good. Have you all seen Dune? I have not. Incredible. I, you love Dune. Science fiction supreme masterpiece. Yes, I do. Tucker, will it suck? Well, since it's a prequel, no. I'm not going to say it'll suck. If it was a third iteration of what we've already seen, then yes, it would Ooh, have for okay. me. Yeah. But uh, just the good fact point. that it's something that we've not seen before, uh, that, that'll that you know tip it a little bit more in my favor. So I don't think it'll suck. All right, so it won't suck. Bear is dissenting rather vocally here this afternoon, but we decide it will not suck. Rick Butler, your appearance has not sucked this afternoon. We appreciate you, my friend. Merry Christmas to you and the family. And are you guys going to be hopping on the RTI private jet down to Orlando here in a couple of weeks? Yes, we will. We will have a representation down in Orlando for the Citrus Bowl, I believe. Uh, uh, we will be there, and then we will also we'll have boots on the ground for the, the, game against, uh, the basketball game against Norfolk State on the very next day on January 2. Uh, right back here in Knoxville. So we'll be covering everything like normal, uh, but we will have uh, boots on the ground in Orlando. How about that? Well, safe travels, my friend. Always a pleasure. Enjoy the inevitable Cowboys late season collapse. I know I will, and we'll talk to you again yes. soon. Yes. that I, I was thinking you might throw that into will it suck, because, yes, uh, <laughs> that, that collapse in the game against Miami this, this weekend is going to suck. But, guys, Merry Christmas to you guys and your families. Hope you guys have a wonderful week. Uh, and I'm eager to talk to you guys soon, so we'll make that happen. Thanks, Rick. Mr. Fabulous, rookie boy Butler has left the building, ladies and gentlemen. Cowboys play the Dolphins this week. That'd be a fun game. Yeah, it Where is be. it at? It is in Miami. Is Tyreek Hill going to play? That's a good question. That I need him to question. play for another league. Yeah. He can. I don't know if you all saw the news, but uh, Tyreek welcomed his third child in the past four months. I did see that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Three different baby mamas. I think that's how it works, Russell. <laughs> Unless he was married to a 
I, I don't know what. I mean, not even a you know. That's, yeah, that's so sad. That's so sad. He gets People around like that. Yeah, like Tupac sang about. All right. Well, uh, we'll take a quick time out. The drive continues. It's Fan Run Radio. We're back with more right after this. The, the drive. drive. Rogers Utility. Fan Run Radio, the drive continues. Rick Butler, Rocky Top Insider. Bear, what did you learn? He can dish it out, but he can't take it, Russ. The whole Cowboys thing. I thought he was a good sport about it. Yeah. He even kind of waved the white flag, said that he wasn't looking forward to the collapse, that he was hurting. I thought he took the ribbing, well, like a man, but like a young adult. Hmm. Tucker, you learn anything from Rick Butler's appearance on the show this afternoon? Yeah, he's uh, not optimistic about the Cowboys, like that's you guys are saying. That's, that's your, your guys' takeaway is all, after all the recruiting talk and here he's, on early signing day, you're focused on his pain, his hurt, his sorrow? He's incredibly optimistic about the new Wonka prequel, though. All right. I, I'm glad you guys took away so much uh, meat on the bone as they say from our conversation with Rick. Let's go to the phones, 865-546-8200. Phil is next. Good afternoon, Phil. Mike Zane, W. What's up, Philly? How the boys doing? Doing well, thank you. So y'all talking about West, uh, ball players going to D1? No, we really were I can uh, think of, or Rusty Ramsey, the punter. He went to Wake Forest uh, way back in the day. Chuck Ramsey. Thank you. Little respect, please. And he punted in the NFL, yep. and then uh, – that Cottrell guy that played at West was pretty yep. good player. That's the only ones I can think of after about 50 years. Well, I mean, you guys want to have your little fun at, at trying to tear down the two-time defending state champs, but uh, I think it's a bad look, you guys. Jealousy doesn't look good this close to Christmas, fellas. Who's jealous? we got more NFL players than you do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Campbell's got as many championships as, uh, as y'all do, and they don't even have a coach now. I will uh, yeah, we do. use my two state championship trophies to catch the tears that are rolling down my cheeks. Oh, Calix got a coach now? Yeah, they just elevated the co-interim coach. Oh, that Lewis reject and- from William Blunt. Shadowins. Shadowins. Yeah. Okay. Well, good luck to him. That recruiting team was okay. Uh, been nice to get a couple more five-stars, but uh, – it is what it is. Until we get in the top ten, we're not going to compete for playoff. That's that's the bottom line. I think they'll compete for the playoff next year. Now, to win it, really? to to get in there and and really make some noise and and talk about winning it, I I, I think you got to push a little harder. And and I don't know what the answers here are, Phil, because I I don't think they're sitting around there watching Netflix all day. I mean, I I think they're working on it, but. Uh, what do you, what do you do? I mean, you do you fire somebody? You bring in a more hired guns? Is it just a matter of nil? Yeah, more hired gun. Ronnie Gardner's a hired gun, but he's getting up there in age. Who's who the is best hired gun besides Ronnie Gardner? Well, that's staff? yeah. I mean, that's what I was going to ask. Is like who who is is it? Garner, the best recruiter on the staff, has to be. Eckler's the only one I've seen that's uh, that seems like a good recruiter on their staff. Uh, is that just two good recruiters? Well, I don't know. I mean, they're obviously doing well recruiting edge rushers. I'd say they're doing well recruiting receivers and quarterbacks. Um, running backs, like, 
I mean, they're not signing star prospects at that position, but they are delivering. Like they're they're developing yeah, they're, and delivering. They're making them good players. So I really don't. Their development at running backs really good. But, uh, you know, as much grief as we give Willie Martinez in the secondary, like that roster is littered with four stars. Yeah, brought in a decent yeah. Hall of Freshman O lineman as well. I mean, I was reading the interview with Jermod McCoy this morning, and and he was talking about how he. Willie Martinez just hit it off, and and that's his guy, and all, all this stuff, and raving about the scheme they play and the way they develop, and I'm like, uh, you know, okay, I mean, they, but they do have a lot of four star recruits back there. Well, you talk about the playoff. Uh, Twelve pit teams are going to get in, and then some stupid uh, school like Liberty is going to get in and get for that twelfth one. So that leaves you eleven spots. The SEC is probably going to get three. Three spots, maybe four if you're lucky. And, you know, Alabama and Georgia already got two at the table. So, how that we're going to have to compete for two more spots with LSU, Auburn, Florida. And next year, Missouri and Ole Miss probably be competing for a, a spot in the playoff. Well, Tennessee would have been in it last year. Yeah. And, and the, the quarterback play took a big step back this season. We all know it. And we're expecting it to take a big step forward again next season. If it does – I think Tennessee would be right in that conversation. So Houston's a leaving fan run? Is that what you said? Houston Cress is in the transfer portal. I'm hearing um, talk sports. You know, obviously Cody McClure is leaving. I'm hearing that's a possibility. I'm hearing overtime. You know, does Houston want to spread out his wings, um, work in the evenings instead of the mornings? Sports huh. Animal, ESPN, a lot of suitors, Phil. A lot of suitors for the Vol Rumor Mill. Well, you can probably put him on the drive. He's been on there a few times. Will you? We got to get our NIL in order, I think. You know, I mean, I, I don't – those are pretty shark-infested waters that we'd be swimming in, but uh, I'm all for it. Well, you don't want to run Tucker off, do you? See you. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Philly's kind of been poking at you. He has been poking at me lately. How does that feel? It feels good. <laughs> it feels really good. Yeah. Oh, easy. Children listening right now. Why don't now. you uh why don't you punch back? He's a lover, not a fighter. At least flush him once. 865-546-8200 your number. It's all Tucker Harlan all the time, ladies and gentlemen. It's Tucker's world. We're just living in it. He'll have the top four at four when we continue. Stay with us. Hour number two of The Drive coming up. The Drive.